This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. <laughs> Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Thursday. What are we, what this are we is the doing? happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, com. Nick Sainert, Enrique Alvarez-Clary, known to the people as Rico, is here as well. Rico, what's up? Hello. How are we doing? Doing great, sir. I'm doing great. I was playing God of War last night. Ragnarok? Yep, Ragnarok. I Ragnarok. think I'm I think I'm getting closer to the end. Or maybe I'm getting closer to the middle. I don't know, but it's getting really interesting and really intense. The story is fantastic. Mm. Okay. Shout out to Christopher Judge for doing a great Kratos voice. I, we need to we need to not talk video games. We've talked video games at the start of the last two days. I'm gonna talk video games whenever the hell we I can't. Talk we can't right now. Tell me I can't. Watch me so, mute your mic so quick. I know, I know, because it's your show, Rico. Mute his mic! It's because it's, it's your show. See? It is my See, show. people? Er, he portrays me as the bad guy. Because you are. Rico always portrays me as the as the villain. It's not my show. But I just reality, run the board. It's the shortest man in the building who's the evil one. <laughs> really? Just go straight for height. That's what we're doing? We're just going to go We're gonna go there? Well, I mean, I'm not necessarily the tallest man either but here i am so uh four zero two four six four five six nor the fittest eight five damn on the Lincoln hotline the starter Heyman text line both those open for you guys the uh, rest of the show here um chase b asks are you guys gonna watch that 90s show on netflix no i'm not either i have is it like the glass onion or something watch that yep is it good yeah need to watch it okay so I have the the glass. It's glass onion, right? Glass onion. The glass onion to watch. Mm-hmm. The Last of Us to watch. And I, I think I need to start watching Better Call Saul. Have you watched Breaking Bad? No. I don't know if you need to. I, I haven't watched either. I tried to get on Yellowstone, but man, the first like three episodes were slow. Are they? Yeah. It's just too bad. I, I don't think I don't think it's gonna work out. Between just keep me going. And Yellowstone. Just keep going. Um, it's it's just really hard. I mean, this just tells you, I guess. Um, I love Seinfeld. I mean, you know it too, Rico. I watch Seinfeld Dude's every always, day. Every time he gets done with when with, I'm on lunch, he gets done with the drive. He goes, he does some, he he podcasts, he goes and does some stuff. He comes back with his lunch. He just sits there and watches Seinfeld. I watch Seinfeld. I watch an episode of Seinfeld every day, every day. And I, I because there are ten seasons on Netflix or whatever, nine seasons on Netflix. You do you. And by the time I'm done with the ninth season in the last episode, I go to my, I think to myself, I'm, I'm I'm ready to restart it. I'm ready to watch it over again, because Cosmo Kramer is one of the best characters, side characters. Yes, in 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 any show, and I'll stand by that. Uh, Mark says that he slept through Glass Onion. He sleeps through all movies. It's not a surprise. Okay. Um. Oh, okay, so Dirty Tony and the Boys says, you were thinking of Delano Banton the last hour. He got benched and then came back and balled out. Sure. Delano Banton. Who is, is he st- he's still with the Raptors? Yes. Still part of it? From time to time, he plays meaningful minutes. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Speaking for- of Nebraska ball and playing meaningful minutes, um, 
Bryce McGowan's had a four-point play the other night. A four-point play. The, for the Charlotte Horn- Hornets, yes. Yeah. So, buckets. No longer the Bobcats. No longer the Bobcats. Yeah, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, Craig says Nick Yellowstone gets good. And so maybe maybe I need to stick with it. Get I don't good. know. I, I want to rewatch Game of Thrones again. I need to start watching it. I, I started watching it, and I was like watching an episode a night. And, and the only problem with the, with uh, Game of Thrones is that the hour or the episodes or shows are like an hour long, and so it, it's pretty lengthy. It's That's, pretty lengthy, and it's a lot of information. Yeah, but with so I started watching. I got through like season four, and it's been out long enough. I got it to where like he was poisoned at the wedding, or she was poisoned mm. at the wedding, or something like that. It's been out long enough. That's not a spoiler alert, but. And then I stopped. I, seen I, it. I stopped watching it, and now I need to restart it because it's been that that long of a of a period of time to where I forget what happened God with all the little gracious. All the little now people. I know somebody gets poisoned. Yeah, somebody does try to get poisoned. Um, this guy. Yeah. So Cubsker says, "Sounds like me with how I am with me- how I met your mother." Um, so maybe I don't know how I met your mother's fine. I know Big Bang Theory is a, is a popular one as well. I've always wanted to start watching that. I just haven't. Yeah. So. Whatever. All right. Let's let's dive in. 402-464-5685, the Honda Looking Hotline, Sarter Heyman text line. Both those open for you guys the uh, rest of the way. Um, here's this, Rico. This just popped up on my Twitter feed. Instant thoughts. Instant reaction from Enrique. The Patriots have interviewed offensive coordinator from Alabama, Bill O'Brien, for their vacant OC job. Cool. You like it? Yeah. News with the Patriots before. Alabama's in danger of they losing. Need a, they need an offensive coordinator, so I don't care who it is. They just need somebody that knows how to call offensive plays. Because it was Matt Patricia, yeah, a so defensive coordinator. No, no longer Matt Patricia. Yes. Um, which now Alabama's in danger of losing both offensive and defensive coordinators. Yeah, I don't think that's a problem. But I remember reading an article with the Athletic in, uh, during the Alabama season where it was like, I'd expect. Alabama to move on from both coordinators because when Nick Saban wants a change, he doesn't fire guys. He finds them new jobs. He's like, just leave. Go here. I don't want you anymore. And because Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are good friends, Extremely I believe, close. right? They hang out every offseason. So there you go. So it's a perfect, nice little transformation Which is for weird Bill O'Brien. Why the Patriots don't draft more Alabama players, but whatever. They hang out like every offseason. They're like really good friends, pick each other's minds, pick each other's football brains um, to try and get you know new tips and tricks from each other. But yeah, Bill O'Brien used to be on the Patriots staff before, so uh, I'm totally fine with it. They need an offensive coordinator, and I'm sure that Alabama is going to be fine. I'm sure they have about 12 former head coaches as, as as unpaid interns and assistants down at the Nick Saban School for coaches who don't coach good. Well, I saw one of their analysts went to was it, I think it was New Mexico State or Charlotte for to be their next linebackers coach. So yeah. it's like it's just a it's just a revolving door it's of a factory. Yeah, it's a factory. It just pumps out coaches. So I was saying, Scott Frost will end up being an analyst down at down in Alabama at some point. Are we surprised that he doesn't have a job? That he hasn't landed somewhere, or his name's not even been floated. It's been floated, just not recently. It was floated for South early. Florida. Yeah, for, for South, South Florida, Florida, for Arizona State. Yep. Yeah. Um, which it was floated. I but think I think both those places got the better. Got it. They made did. a smarter choice, they especially did. Arizona State with Kenny Dillingham. Great hire. Great. I mean, young young guy with a lot of energy. Um, but bringing Ari- in some experience. I was say Arizona State has also hit the transfer portal road hard mm-hmm. this offseason. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I guess I'm not surprised that he hasn't. His name has been floated. That he hasn't landed anywhere. It might be one of those where he takes a year off from coaching. 
uh, and then tries to get back into it. And I'm sure he'll find a spot. He's a his offensive mind is is still one of the better ones, uh, regardless yeah. of how it, it didn't turn out at Nebraska. Still regarded as one of the um, more highly rated offensive coaches. So I'm sure he'll find you know uh, a position coach or a, or an offensive coordinator spot somewhere in the near future, um, just because you know these things turn over year after year and. and Somebody will be looking for somebody else to to light a fire under under their players and get something going. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I was now. I think we don't need to get into this conversation. I, I think we are kind of on the same boat of the head coaching possibilities for Scott Frost are kind of out the window. That's where I sit for now for for a, a substantial amount of time. I'm five sure somebody years. will take a chance, but. And probably not at the Power Five. No. Probably not at the Power Five. But I'm surprised that offensive coordinator hasn't been, or even even in the NFL as a positions coach, mm-hmm. or as an analyst even, ha- hasn't been floated around. And maybe it will once the NFL season completely dies down. But Maybe once Bill O'Brien leaves. Hey, there you go. How, what, how What's the, the reaction in Nebraska? I have no idea. I have no clue what it is. I mean, what's the reaction in Nebraska if that happens and Alabama has one of the better offenses next season? It's got to be like, good luck, Bama. Good luck. But, like, what if it works? (laughs) Well, that's something Nebraska's going to have to live with. And unfortunately, Nebraska is is far too familiar with also. I mean, whether it's a player, whether it's a coach, um, it's far too. I mean, Nebraska's far too familiar with it. Okay, so let's, let's stick with football real quickly. And, and feel free to give us a call, Honda Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. It's been a busy couple of weeks, and, and especially a busy couple of days for, for Nebraska football. They've hosted a, a plethora of guys. As you guys know, the, the transfer portal uh, closed yesterday on the 18th, and it will open up after spring ball here in a couple months. And Nebraska had their team meeting on Sunday, 6 p.m., and then they started winter conditioning on the the following day on Monday. You've seen the clips. Xavier, has. Yeah, Xavier Betts is there. Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda is back. Um, now, there's still some, some news going on when it comes to Nebraska recruiting. And first up, I think I want to talk about the more, rec- or the more uh, immediate possibility. And, and that is Nebraska could be looking at adding a tight end and – you know, be careful. Take this with a grain of salt. A former five-star tight end, mm-hmm. the sixth best player in a recruiting class fifth. overall. Fifth, fifth. Excuse me. Depending on what site you look at, I think. Yeah. So either way, a top ten player in the recruiting yeah. class from I want to say twenty twenty. Yes, twenty twenty. Uh, out of out of the state of Georgia. Yeah, and his name is Eric Gilbert. Committed he, to LSU. Initially went to LSU, then transferred to Georgia. Actually, other way around. No. Started at LSU, transferred to Florida for about two weeks. Thank you. And then transferred to Georgia. Never Thank got you. on campus at Florida, never enrolled in classes or anything, but he was going to Florida um, after the 2020 season. 2020, he had about 30-plus receptions, about 300-plus yards and uh, a couple of touchdowns at LSU. Transferred uh, to Florida, didn't like whatever. Transferred mm-hmm. to Georgia, had to sit out a year because Orgeron had not been fired yet. So and it was it was like the year or two before they did the immediate transfer eligibility or whatever. Yeah. So he had to sit out a year at Georgia, but he was there for the twenty twenty one national championship, and then he played this season very sparingly. Had two receptions for fourteen yards and a touchdown, um, and I think it was against like Vanderbilt or something. Yeah. So Eric Gilbert, um, 
is is has already visited Nebraska. He visited this last weekend, and I'm trying to find the specific quote from him. Greg Smith of Inside Nebraska uh, had this story first. I want to say Sean Callahan of On Three also uh, spent or was one of the first to. Uh, mention or, or report that that Eric Gilbert did visit Nebraska this weekend. He's visited a plethora of other Big Ten schools, but all, he would de- he declined to mention which ones. He declined to comment on which schools he's visited, and he's also said that uh, something along the lines of Nebraska's in a good spot. I have not made any decisions. Interesting. I would expect something to be made by Friday, which is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And but no, you could say Nebraska is in a good spot. So uh, according to once again Greg Smith of Inside Nebraska, and you can find this all out on their on their page. Um, according to those guys over there, and it feels like the the common thought between a lot of recruiting guys in in the Nebraska media realm feel like Eric Gilbert is going to be a Nebraska Cornhusker. That's a great addition to uh, a tight end room that, and I, I talked about this in the water cooler, is thin on experience, not thin on bodies, um, but a guy that looks like him, you, you don't see that around too often. He's about 6'5", 250. Um, and again, he was the top 10 recruit coming out in 2020, uh, mm-hmm. went to LSU as a, as a true freshman and had 30-plus receptions and a couple of touchdowns. So you know he can do it. Um, didn't get the chance to show it at at Georgia because, obviously, Brock Bowers, who was the number two recruit in uh, the 2021 class, yeah. and um, Darnell, Darnell Washington. Washington, who was actually the number two tight end in the 2020 class. So he's actually ranked yeah. below uh, Eric Gilbert in the 2020 class. Uh, but those two kind of had established positions at Georgia. Um, it was hard to find his way onto the field. Uh, so he's, he's going somewhere where he, he might be able to find more playing time at the tight end position. He did say he was going to be a wide receiver at Georgia, but that never really materialized for him. So um, Nebraska, their most experienced tight end is is Nate Borkacher. Thomas Fedoni, the number one tight end out of the 2021 class, has yet to see the field. Mm-hmm. Well, very limited playing time. He got in his first year, like the last game or two. Um, I don't think he saw a target or anything, but he was in the game, um, was able to strap on the pads and and get a little bit of experience on the field. Again, got injured last this last season, so he's had two major knee injuries in two years. Hopefully he can make it through this offseason and make it to the first game, and he'll be able to show uh, all of the skill sets that everybody has been raving about. But adding a, a player with the caliber that Eric Gilbert has is is fantastic for a tight end room that's lacking in a lot of experience. Yeah, just to kind of make every, make sure everybody's on the same page here, in the tight end room, your oldest guy is actually Chris Hickman, who is a junior. Who has and, switched positions. Yeah, switched positions. Damn near every year. Yeah, switched positions, found himself on special teams a couple times, but... In terms of the uh, in terms of the offensive side of the ball, has has played spar- sparingly. Um, and then you also have behind him Thomas Fedoni, as Rico mentioned, James Carney, and AJ Rollins all in that sophomore class. Mm-hmm. While uh, Chase Androff and Brody Tagaloa, the defensive end or outside linebacker, tr- uh, transition to tight end. Brody Tagaloa mm-hmm. um, is is in there in that redshirt freshman group. So Nebraska. You remember they missed out on Brett Seether, the fellow Georgia tight end who mm-hmm. visited. So all three Georgia guys visited this weekend. MJ Sherman, Brett Seether, who ended up enrolling and committing to Georgia Tech on Monday morning, and now Eric Gilbert. Mm-hmm. They all visited together, three Georgia guys, over the weekend 
and obviously MJ Sherman, the outside linebacker or edge guy, commits to Nebraska. Brett Seether goes to Georgia Tech. Now we're waiting on the decision of Eric Gilbert. Not that it means anything, but Eric Gilbert is in the UNL student directory. I don't take that for anything. But you, you take that for a very small grain of salt. So when you see around Twitter that things are going around, that, that Eric Gilbert's in the directory, it means he's a Husker. I don't don't buy into that quite so yet. So was Walter Rouse. Bingo. Yeah, things happen there with Walter <laughs> Rouse. I'm not Yeah, he was in the directory. No, nah, he was in the directory for a very short couple Three of days. days. Let's take a, a phone call. We got Sailor Rico on the line. Sailor Rico, happy Thursday. What What's up? Is? Hey guys. Um, good topic. I was thinking about it even before you broke into uh talking about the tight end room, but like Everybody seems to think the offensive line is the glaring weakness, and, you know, you, you can debate that. But, I mean, looking at it from my perspective, there's two two other rooms that need attention. One of them is the receiver's room, despite Xavier Betts and ICG coming back. That's a room that doesn't really have very many big bodies, if any, at all. And um, that's a need for this offense going forward they're going to need some big bodied receivers but the big glaring uh thing that i see is the tight end room which you guys are touching on right now i mean you've got no experience at all coming back um fedoni has you know obviously hasn't panned out the way he would have liked or any of us um and maybe there's still some hope for the future but i guess from my perspective the portal's closed now but it's going to reopen um around may sometime is that a position you guys do you feel the same do that it's it really it's the number one need right now and honestly they could probably use two tight ends. like to see AJ Rollins and Chris Hickman step up I think they've got it unless Hickman moves to receiver he's got that kind of a body where I think he could play either um, spot I'm just kind of curious what you guys think yeah appreciate the appreciate the phone call Thanks, Sarah, Rico. Rico and I think Honestly, we, we heard it from Marcus Satterfield. He feels like the wide receiver room, and this was a couple weeks ago, felt like the wide receiver room was a, was an issue or, mm-hmm. or was somewhere that they felt like they could boost. And they did so, like you said, with the addition of Xavier Betts and IGC, the Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda withdrawing his name from the portal. They also went and got Billy Kemp, who was in 2021 putting up Trey Palmer-type numbers for Virginia. So they've boosted or, or, and they've they've – helped out their wide receiver room. I'm not sure, so sure that that's as glaring of an issue. Um, now, when you talk about the tight end room, I, I'm right there with you, Sailor Rico, because you look at... So Nate Borkature, as we talked about, is the guy with the most returning experience. Um, and, and in his career, over the course of two seasons, has eight catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown came in 2022 here. Now... I don't know if we see him adding two tight ends, no. but if you add, you look at the body type, okay, and you think about the type that of uh, football that Marcus Satterfield mentioned that they want to play, and the type of football that Nebraska's offense or we should expect from Nebraska's offense. When you look at it, Nate Borgature, six five two thirty, Chris Hickman six foot five two fifteen, Thomas Fedoni is is somewhere similar in that as I well. Like I want to say six four two. 40, 230 something? It says, so 6'6", 235. Oh, wow, it was too, okay. Where now, you if, if Nebraska's able to gain a commitment of Eric Gilbert, 6'6", 250. You're talking about about 15 more pounds from Thomas Fedoni, 20 more pounds from, from Nate Borkature, and 
35 more pounds from Chris Hickman. Not to say the strength and conditioning program can't help you out there, but for what Nebraska and what Marcus Satterfield has kind of talked about when you look at the ability to maybe haul in some passes also to block, mm-hmm. Eric Gilbert fits that mold a lot better than anybody in that room from strictly a size standpoint. Yes. So um, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll t- dive more into this. Uh, you're listening to Happy Hour, 93.7 The Ticket. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.